So welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I have another very, very special guest uh, on the podcast today. Um, she has played for Harlequins in the Allianz Premier 15s competition, and she is currently a USA international rugby player as well. So uh, you probably know who I'm talking about, guys, uh, but here is the reveal. It is none other than Christine Summer. How are you? Hey, Ellie, thanks for having me. I'm doing good. It's morning here. It's 9 a.m., so I'm almost fully awake. I'm doing great. Well, it's, um, it's a seven-hour time difference between me and you at the moment, so it's uh, uh, good morning to all the American viewers, good afternoon to all the UK viewers, um, wherever you guys are. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us, Christine. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Um, so... Obviously, it's the first thing uh, in the morning for you, this, uh, but um, what does your the rest of the day look like for yourself uh, today? So we have Fridays off, um, which is which is good for me. I'm still working full time here, so I would just wake up at a.m. and go until four. I live with three other players who are also working and playing. We have pretty much a, a working apartment. Um, but other than that, we train Saturdays, Sundays. We have Monday, Tuesday off, and we train Wednesday, Thursdays. So it's split really well for us to continue to work our full-time jobs and still be in a full-time environment. So just a lot of coffee and catching up on work, really. So when you're uh, based where you are at the moment, which is in Denver, um, are you at the moment playing with uh, Seattle Saracens as well? I'm still with Seattle Rugby. Yeah. The Seattle rugby team's competition was in the BCRU, so we were playing in BC Canada. So there's some lag on when we can actually get over the border. Um, the last couple months, they've been picking up two groups of 12 and playing within COVID guidelines and regulation. So hopefully come the summer, depending on what happens with sevens and going into the fall, we could pick up 15s again, going over to Canada and playing our fall to spring fixtures but yes i'll be playing with seattle rugby awesome awesome it's um it's good to know that a lot of things are still you know going on especially with covid you know involved with many things uh from the start of last year actually now so um it's good to see that you guys are keeping busy and, and doing your thing um and you know these these sorts of things will will come sooner sooner or later i guess as well so it's uh it's very good to see you guys keeping busy and and doing your thing from time to time Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everyone's excited with the vaccine rollout in Washington state. Most people can start putting their names in mid-April to May 1st. So that could change a lot of uh, like our trajectory of how fast we go back into a full rugby development with Seattle rugby going into the fall and maybe lose some regulations for us getting into Canada. So that's the idea. Yeah. 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 Um, well, we've got lots to chat about um with yourself and uh it's all on you today so <laughs> all the pressure's on you today but um uh, i i really appreciate you coming on because i've i've been looking forward to this uh for quite a long time now if i'm being really honest and um awesome it's uh it's great to have another player who's played in the premier 15s as well and, and had experience over there and obviously with when you play for the us as well it's um it's great i spoke to um uh, Megan Foster, your teammate, uh, mm -hmm. the other month, and she was brilliant. She was brilliant to have on. We caught up on Instagram Live as well. Um, awesome. Very good uh, 
you know guy a person to be with i guess uh and to train with as well so um and a very fun and energetic person as well i must imagine yeah megan's great she's here with the backs group so i haven't seen her honestly since i've been here besides on virtual meetings because we're so split um but yeah i love playing with her i love playing against her she's a great person well um as I said before, we've got a lot, a lot of questions here to put forward to yourself. Uh, lots to talk about your rugby career up to date and where it will go in the next few years or so. Um, but where did it all start for you? How did you get into rugby for the first time? Yeah, so a, a loaded question, but a very simple answer for me, I guess. I went to school in Santa Barbara in California. I went to UC Santa Barbara. I was a pretty avid soccer player. Um, it's football, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, played all through my high school and earlier careers. Did did club uh, club soccer, sorry, and was kind of expecting to do that at national level because I had no idea what rugby was or if there was a national team. So I was trying out for the club soccer team at UCSB with a couple friends, and I was a freshman. And a couple friends, other other friends, saw some fly, you know, some rugby flyers in the in the dormitory and. It was like, come out to this training. Um, so just on a whim, I think mostly because we were trying to meet people. We didn't really know anybody. We went out to a rugby training and just started passing the ball, kicking the ball around. And everyone was so nice and honestly so inviting that as cliche as it sounds, we just didn't go back to soccer tryouts. And we were doing pretty well. Mm. But I think it was just like a mental change of these people are so much nicer and the sport is really cool. And I get to implement all these aspects of, of my kicking abilities, my handling abilities, and just learn something new, especially being in a new school, new environment. Um, so that, that's what I did. It was a super easy transition. I don't know why, I don't know why outside of that, it was so easy to pick up rugby, but I think once you start playing rugby, you start to understand that it's way more than just, you know, being on the field. It, it's, it's about the sport, the camaraderie, the community. The family and that's that's why I picked it up so yeah that was what I don't know 12 years 12 years ago I think nice very nice um I mean I was a little bit like you in that respect I used to play a lot of a lot of soccer a lot of football back in the days uh and then I realized that rugby was sort of the sport that you know you need to go for at right. that stage so um but it's so good isn't it being a part of a team week in and week out and learning from a lot of people and, and playing alongside these guys and mm-hmm. and um having a lot of fun off the field as well uh, as well as on it you know oh yeah and, and no matter what level you're at there's this level of learning no one's ever really an expert so everyone's just con- like continuing this education of rugby and also just super willing to teach someone what they know so it's it's so much more than than just being a part of the game. There's so many levels to it that I don't think you understand unless you play. Mm. And it, it's hard to explain it to someone who's like, what's, what's the deal about it? <laughs> it's, it's so like, it has such depth, I guess, which is why I think we come back, you know, again and again and again, after injuries, um, after losses, after heartache, um, we, we stay with, we stay with the game. It's beautiful. Um. I don't know if you saw this the other day, but obviously the, the women's Six Nations is definitely going ahead and it will be kicking off this weekend. Uh, so a lot of your your former teammates that used to play alongside at Harlequins will be featuring for both England and Scotland this weekend. And and I think there'll be a couple of 
uh, Welsh girls as well playing in that Wales team at the weekend as well. Um, so really, really good to see uh, mm. that this women's Six Nations tournament is still going ahead. Um, but obviously, you know, we got rescheduled from from I think the beginning of this year, and then it's then it's getting played this weekend. So a lot of people are actually going to be watching that. Uh, how excited are you to see that? We are really excited to see it. We're still figuring out here how to watch it, to be honest. Like if I need to pretend to buy some VPN that thinks I'm in the UK or find an underground link or something, mm. um, because it shouldn't be that hard to find the streaming for, for the Women's Six Nations. So we're really, we're really trying to, to find the game so we can watch them live, but it'll be really good to see women's rugby and, 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 and have those games kind of stand on their own, like you said, outside of the men's game. So it should be solely focused on the, the high performance environment that they've been in and just really good skill level. Yeah. Um, and hopefully people are just turning it on, right, to watch to watch rugby and then just enjoy the game instead of being like, oh, I'm choosing to watch women's rugby this weekend. So, no, you're just watching really uh, high performance rugby. So I don't know, I, I think they're gonna get a ton of exposure. I hope that they get a ton of more, like a lot more recognition of all the work that they've been doing um, and maybe create some sort of platform for them to go forward with, you know, sponsorships, partnerships, partnerships. I don't know, but it's really exciting to see it. Yeah. Cause um, obviously the men's six nations is now finished. Um, and obviously Wales won that tournament. Um, but um, a lot of people now will be wanting to watch more international rugby and, and women's is, is the next step as well. Uh, you know, at this stage in the year. So um because I've got a lot of friends that play uh, both obviously for Wales, uh, some English players as well, and Scots, got Scottish players as well. So it's um, it's really good to know that there will still be more international, more competitive games still going ahead um, over the course of, I think it's about a month or something like that, roughly, for this tournament. So um, really, really exciting. I'm going to be watching both games tomorrow. So it's, um, it's really exciting knowing that this is oh, definitely yeah. going ahead. So... And they should get a lot of viewership and they should get organic viewership. That's the idea, right? You're just looking for rugby to watch. So I would be interested to see what the numbers are at the end of Women's Six Nations compared to Men's Six Nations. I know there's such a scale, but at least compared to following or previous tournaments, like how has that adapted with them having their own, their own tournament in their own um, schedule outside of the men's? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, we talked a little bit off camera before we started recording about the, obviously the Women's World Cup, which was meant to be at the end of this year in September mm -hmm. uh, in New Zealand, one of probably the best places to play rugby at. Um, but um, obviously now that's been postponed for another year. How, how are you guys feeling as a whole about the news and the postponement and the, you know, you now know it's, it'll be for next year. So I guess the good thing is you've still got prep, more prep time to, to get yourselves, you know, organized for next year now. And, but, you know, it's a year off now. So um, that might be good for some people, but not for a lot of people, I guess, in that respect. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's bittersweet, right? Like we were saying before, we have, we have more time to develop. We can get more fixtures. We can get more players capped and just more international matches in general. So it's good. We needed, we needed more time. We needed more time under, under Rob's, Rob Keane's coach, coaching. Um, and we kind of had this, you know, scaled approach leading up to this year in 2021 to go to New Zealand. But I think all in all, a team as a whole, it's really good for us to get 
right now we're, we're with each other for seven weeks. We wouldn't normally be able to do that without COVID, which is weird to say, because now we're all remote and we can do things on our computers. Yeah. Um, so on, on, a, on a larger scale, it's really good for USA rugby for the women's team because we get more time together, more time to learn each other's you know, trends and traits and, and really take 2022 strong. But yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's player to player. For me, it was super hard because I had this trajectory lined up in my head of, you know, retirement uh, or, or focusing on my career because we, we're all doing double, triple shifts in, in other things in our life because rugby is not professional yet. And, you know, having a family, you know, uh, my fiance, Adam, can't have kids. So uh, there's a lot of things that had to change and I had to wrap my mind, my mind around. Probably the most hard thing was just being mentally competitive for another 18 months. Like that's really hard to come in every camp to put in your all and just know you have to lay it on the ground to, to keep your spot or have a spot. Um, but I think now that we've settled into this training environment, everything's starting to you know, um, take shape. Pull together, so to speak. Yeah. Pull, you know, pull together and, and mm -hmm. be a bit more real because we're actually doing something mm -hmm. instead of just having a postponement. Yeah. So player yeah. to player, but all in all, really good. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, now, I want to talk very quickly about the, the 15th foundation, right? Yes. Because um, I've seen it myself. It's brilliant. Um, yourself and Alicia Washington are both co-founders of it, uh, which yes. is brilliant. So um, just if you can, just give a brief uh, summary of what it is to the viewers out there who might not know what it is yet. Yeah, totally. So it's it's completely new. We've been a nonprofit for about a year. So in, in 2019, late 2019, we sat down with our general manager and we had an understanding that financials were super bad. Um, on top of them already not being great for women's rugby or women's rugby in the States. So instead of just thinking of fundraising ideas as a group, which was not really the best approach, um, that, that following January, Alicia and I just decided to start a nonprofit to raise money for women's rugby 15's team, pretty much to supplement per diem, supplement player costs, player flights, player accommodations, Everything that I think people forget we pay out of pocket for when we try to represent our nation and put on the jersey. So we started in January of 2020. We ended up raising 200 grand yes, uh, last year, $200,000, which was absolutely surreal. Yeah. Um, and, and just had a ton of support of, of donors that either just didn't know that we were so unprofessionalized or just really wanted to make sure that we could focus on rugby and, and be our best at it. So it's been a really good, um, I don't know, trajectory, more than we thought, I guess, for starting out on and creating a nonprofit, which we had no idea how to do. Yeah. So that's that's our platform. You can find everything at xvfoundation.com. This year, we have another goal of 300,000 because we want to make sure players are played, players are paid the same amount as the men's players and they don't have to pay for their flights accommodations. Um, we can help them with remote training and just make sure that they can focus on rugby and not all of the other financials bills back home when we're off on tour or they're here at a seven week camp. So that's, that's the purpose of it. Um, and it's going really well. Yeah. It's been a lot of work, yeah. but I don't think we have any regrets for developing it. It's just more and more exciting uh, as we progress into it and, and really see what the, 
opportunities are for this year, next year. And, you know, I think it's going to be an ongoing thing until, like you said, women's rugby is fully pro- professionalized. Yeah. So we could be doing it for a while. <laughs> well, I, it, the really good thing about it is, is that obviously a lot of people are supporting each other through this and they make, they're putting in donations. And as you said, $200,000, uh, I mean, that's insane. That's really insane. That's insane. Yeah. We were getting some donations. I was like, wow, like, where have these people been? Why haven't we asked them previously? I think they finally just had something they supported and felt comfortable giving their money to. It was a good cause. And they, and they, it's not that they just supported us rugby, they supported us as players. So it was really buying to us um, and, and creating the opportunity to support us financially, mm-hmm. which I think just opened the door for so many people that support women's rugby that we had no idea existed to be honest yeah well um if you want to make a donation yourselves guys i'll put a link uh, down below uh underneath the youtube video uh so please make sure you check that out and um look at all the information on there it's a brilliant uh foundation to be a part of and and to donate to so um please do check it out when you get a chance, please, please. Uh, because myself and Christine and I'm sure Alicia and all the other people who've donated towards it will really appreciate it as well. So uh, yeah, Alicia and I are also monthly, our own monthly donors. So <laughs> put your money in. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, definitely worth checking out guys. Um, now um, I want to talk very quickly next about your uh, your 15th international debut for the US uh, against Canada, if I'm correct in saying. Yes. Yes. Uh, and that was in 2017. Yes. As well. See, I'm getting my facts spot on here. It's really good. Um, so good. Uh, so, and then after that, shortly after that, you then got picked for the Women's World Cup, which was in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, correct. I mean, that's such a a short turnaround, I guess, or a quick, you know, space of time, you know, you get your first cap and then you're in the world, women's world cup squad. I mean, pretty crazy. eh? It, it was surreal. Like, I don't have any words for it. I don't know how it happened. It happened so quickly, but for me, I was trying to make the USA team for, for four to five years. I've been going to camps consistently and just not getting selected. I somehow got selected to go to a sevens camp the September before in 2016 and was selected to go to Dubai and get a sevens cap then. So I think that maybe helped me on that, I don't know, that train to get a 15s cap, maybe because I had a bit more confidence. I had some gear that was my own and I was finally in that international environment. I don't know. I mean, that I never got picked again for seven. So that was totally a one-time thing, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was a great experience. And then I really got to get an understanding of, you know, UFC rugby as a whole. But yeah, I got selected for that Can-Am's cap. I didn't play the first game, but I played the second game. And for me, for that game, it was probably the best game for me to get my first cap because like I said, I play in um, BC Canada. I play in their league. So I knew a lot of the players that were playing for Canada at that time. So Mm -hmm. it felt for me similar to like a club game, even though it was so much more than that. Mm -hmm. But I just had the most fun like playing against those players again. So it wasn't as intimidating as, you know, a first cap normally is. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up going to Ireland. Uh, luckily I was, I was dual lock and back row player. Um, so I think that that was kind of my shoe into women's 15s. 
I, I ended up playing four out of the five games. I just didn't play the, the our last fifth game against France. But yeah, it was definitely like really fast paced into international rugby. And I had to, it, it took me, I think a game or two to get my headspace in on just to get over things a lot quicker than I used to because the format of World Cup in the last one and the one previously is so fast. The time in between games to 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 think on it, think of issues, think of things you can fix. It's the turnaround is insane. So you just kind of have to shut it and move on to the next one. So that was probably a biggest learning curve for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't believe all that happened, and it happened so fast too. The World Cup was so quick. The tournament itself, like we had a really good training leading up to it. We had six weeks together in San Diego and then we did a camp in Limerick. So it was pretty, um, it was the most amazing experience I think I've had in my rugby career. And I always point to it because I mean, who, who can't say that was an amazing time playing the world cup. That's everyone's, I guess, best highlight of, of anybody's career, uh, whatever right. sport they're involved, involved in, you know, um, getting that first start for your country. Uh, oh. Yeah. Being in the World Cup squad, you know, it's really cool knowing that you put in all the hard work from an early age and then you get to that stage of getting your first cap, then get into the Women's World Cup squad. I mean, congrats. I mean, that's that's huge news uh, for not just for yourself, but for a lot of many other players as well, you know? Yeah, it was it was wild to be there. I think thinking back, we always had camps on New Year's so I must have missed like, I don't know, four, three, four or five New Year's previously. It would just come out on New Year's Eve at 8 p.m., do some sparklers, and we go to bed because we had training the next day. <laughs> the, the things you miss and like the family things, the birthdays, the weddings, the holidays to, to compete and and try to wear your, your country shirt is is insane. But once you get the cap or your first or second or whatever number it is and you sing your national anthem it's I think that's every time is when all of that just washes away because it's completely worth it that's why you do it yeah I agree yeah. I agree um because we, I've heard a lot of people talking about that sort of thing as well so uh, I completely understand where they're coming from on that uh, on that mm-hmm. font but uh uh front I should say not font what am I talking about uh but um anyway uh Let's talk next about your your ambassador role for uh, new nutrition, if I'm or new hydration. Sorry, if I oh, yeah. saying that correctly, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and we mentioned before um, about Megan Foster, who's also your teammate at US as well, mm-hmm. um, and she is also part of that as well in the same sort of role as you. So, um, how did you get yourself involved with that going forward? Uh, for them, I think they're doing a lot of work sponsoring women's athletes and making more uh, women ambassadors for different athletic teams, especially ones that are going to the Olympics or have, um, you know, higher aspirations, national teams. So a few of us applied and actually got selected for this elite ambassador program, which is great because they send us a ton of, um, nude products, which are all these like, you know, hydration tablets and, uh, like salt packets, stuff like that which for us being here in Denver, I'm, you know, crazy thirsty and not really hydrated just because of the altitude. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so it's nice. I mean, for us, we don't, we don't have a lot of, it's not a lot of products that support women's sports and in that women's rugby, maybe because people just know, they don't know about it. So I think when we apply for stuff like this, um, that's when people realize we actually have a rugby team. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just like, oh, what club do you play for? No, it's, it's the national team and to yeah. nudge them into that direction. But yeah, great product. So I have, I brought a ton with me here and we give them to all the players and they give us um, some to go to camps with. So they're pretty supportive. It's nice. It, it looks good because um, I see a lot of um, stories off Megan's Instagram and she puts them all on her Instagram and they actually look really good. Um, yeah. So, and I will also link it below. So check it out guys, <laughs> please check it out. Because honestly, it's so cool. It's really good. Uh, so um, so I encourage you to check that out as well as the uh, XV Foundation as well. So, uh, but mm-hmm. um, great products overall. Uh, totally. Because me and Megan have actually talked about it before over Instagram about the products, et cetera. And they are actually really, really good. So, oh yeah. If you, if you become, if you become like a monthly donor for XV, I'll just send you some for free. <laughs> like give the money to XV Foundation. We'll mm. make it happen. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so maybe that's worth, maybe it's uh, an advantage for you guys to, to do something like that. But um, yeah, um, overall, it's, a, it's it must be a great uh, company to be a part of and, and, um, and to have, you know, stuff like that from time to time um Mm -hmm. really special uh and really cool as well so um definitely worth checking out guys um but um right so i want to speak about your time with harlequins as well because i obviously i knew you left uh earlier this year the start of this year roughly um uh must have been a great experience for yourself obviously getting a lot of game time under your belt um playing you know alongside gerard and and many other um, international players uh, in the Harlequins team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just talk to us very quickly about like what was your fav- favorite memories, favorite games playing for the club during your time there. What was what really stood out for you overall? Um, this the training environment this time I think was was better. It was more fast paced than the last time I was there. Um, it, for me, a lot stood out, but it's. It's so simple because I was finally just playing rugby. Like I hadn't played rugby in, I don't know, eight months, seven, eight months. So the first training I got out there after I got out of my two week quarantine, I think it was raining and everyone was just like, and I was just like running around like, this is amazing. It's raining and I'm playing rugby and I'm in my boots. And it was just joy, I guess, to actually be in a full-time environment like that in the pandemic like and also I was working full-time so it was it was a, a big balance but it, it was really good to to play some games and get used to playing with some of the players again and and I think the best thing I like about being there is just the standards of of training and expectations of training are just higher so you really have to be on mentally physically um, with with each little skill development piece and that's what I needed as opposed to just, you know, I've been training on my own in Seattle for months at a time. So um, all in all, I think just being able to play, even though that sounds so simple, um, that was my most enjoyable thing, like getting to hang out with the players in between, getting to go to training, doing speed with 
um, with Anna from Ireland and Jay Cockle, like just getting used to those little uh, friendship groups that I was in. That's what I enjoyed the most. And then everyone's, you know, figuring out Six Nations or Autumn. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, schedule. I mean, I didn't see some players and I saw them later, but I, I think just being at Quinn's reminded, always reminds me of like playing soccer when I was at a club level, when I was younger, you know, you see them in school and then you play against them later mm -hmm. on. And that's, that's what I love about it. I always have such a fun time when I play with him and I learn a ton, especially from Gerard. He just really asks, you know, some really good questions and makes you think about your skill work and what you did and what you could have done. So it's really good to have him um, as a coach when I was there. So uh, you, you mentioned Jade Conco um, and she also has left Harlequins to, I think, pursue uh, her sort of next path or next career stage in, in I think it's um, firefighting, if I'm correct, correct in saying something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously, you know, very talented player there, you know, a club like Harlequins losing a player like her, it must have been, I guess, quite difficult uh, for all the guys associated with the club, uh, especially Gerard as head coach as well. Um, but she was a great player, wasn't she, to, to train alongside and be a part of that squad with as well? Well, yeah, I mean, Jade's just an inspirational person outside of rugby also. She's another one who's trying to do it all. She has her own business. She's full-time rugby player. She's full-time rugby player for Scotland. And I think just figuring out, you know, as most of us women's players, what's next after I'm done playing. And I know that they were in and out of, you know, getting a spot and a seat in the world cup, which they may or may not still get, but it was the best decision for her at that time to kind of accelerate her career outside of rugby. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of us have been playing you know, 10, 12 years. So it's, if, if you don't have something on the back burner when you're, when you're done, then you're just left with a rugby resume unless you've created something outside of that. So best decision for her. And I was completely supportive because I totally get it. Um, but yeah, she's doing her own thing, which is great. And I feel like everyone's kind of, you know, creating their own pathway, especially a lot of the older players that have had this World Cup postponement. So I'm curious to see who else's, you know, trajectory changes and if their decisions change on their outside careers, their families, or playing internationally. I don't know. But playing for Harlequins, it's always 10 out of 10. I enjoyed it 100%. Now, uh, Harlequins have been playing so well this season. They really have because. Um, overall, I think they are the best defensive team in the league right now mm -hmm. uh, because they've only conceded, I think, 170 or 180 points in about 15 or 16 games, mm -hmm. um, which is pretty good. Um, and I was watching that first half last week against Saracens um, and I then watched highlights of that second half because I had a podcast on at the time. But... Um, they were they were looking like they were going to win that game with only seconds remaining, and they were ahead by three points. And you can just see that they were so organised in their defensive line and and you know in ta their attacking shapes as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Gerard's doing a great job with the Quinns girls. I really do because um, 
and I'm, I'm still surprised that they're, they're only second after all the games that they've played and all, all the wins they've got under their belt and being the best defensive team overall in the, in the league. Um, it's just been great so far, hasn't it, with the girls this year? Yeah, I, I think they, they've always been really good defensively, right? Um, they're aggressive, they're competitive, they get off the line really fast. I think Gerard has really stretched the team to think about um, space, how to play to space, how to get to space offensively. And not so much think of, of shape, but just how do you create that space you want to attack? And so that was just a different sort of thinking when I was there, you know, just seeing the opportunity, taking the opportunity, um, which I think is going to help them a ton going into playoffs and going into finals. They've been working on that, you know, multiple times during the week. So I think that's what he's trying to create. He's trying to create that fast-paced game uh, on the offensive side so they can compete on, on both sides of the ball and not just be, you know, a really good defensive team. So. Um, when, when, of course, you left Quinns uh, back in January time now, um, mm-hmm. we've seen uh, Emily Robinson sort of fill that seven jersey for Quinns a lot this season, um, ever since you've left. I think she played in that seven jersey as well when you were when you were there at the time, I believe, um, a few times, I think. But uh, she's starting to sort of grow into that position. And I had her on the podcast on, uh, on Wednesday now, or Tuesday. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. Tuesday. And um, she's really liking the position that she's playing in at the moment. And obviously, you know, great news for her and her sister getting called into the England side for the first time as well. They were super oh, yeah. excited by that. Um, but um, we were speaking about like what the skills and what the traits are as, as a good seven, you know, a, a really skillful seven. And I guess in that respect, you've just got to be all, all over the pitch. And I mentioned that to Emily as well before just being everywhere on that pitch in defense and attack and making a lot of tackles compared to, you know, a lot of other players in the field, because like literally you're like everywhere on the pitch and you've got to make tackles left, right and center all the time. Every must be two minutes or every three minutes, you know? Yeah. It's we, I think here we just describe it as like a level of craziness. Mm. Like it's just to the, to the normal person, you probably look like you're, you don't know what you're doing. You're running around all over the place, but your your work rates through the roof. You're just making, like you said, all these tackles. You're in, you know, you're trying to be in almost every breakdown as much as you could be in, and, and always be on a fun, an a f- offensive threat. You know, because you're supposed to have the ability to have really good handling skills as well. So it's kind of this all around player. Your fitness needs to be amazing, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a ton of work on the body for 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a really skilled seven I was sad I didn't get to play with her the first year I was there because I think is the the week or maybe a couple weeks after I got there she hurt her ankle pretty bad so I wasn't able to play with her and she was just in rehab um but yeah I, I it was it was great to play with her this time I think I wore the six jersey when when she was at um strong side and and then I played a little bit in second row so it was really good to be on the field with her and actually understand how she plays, you know, what space she sees, um, how, you know, her skills are around the tackle and the breakdown area and kind of work off her because she's a really aggressive, aggressive player and it's showing. And I think that's why she got her call up, um, which is really exciting for, for her. I I saw, yeah, her and her sister and then Ellie Green got a call up as well, which is really amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's looking when when that team was out for the six nations for England, I was like, Mm -hmm. Nice, some team. 
that really is something. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, they, they got good camaraderie too, you know. Um, hmm. They all get along pretty well. So I'm excited to see what they do. I'm sad that uh, we won't get to see them play France because it's kind of like a round robin yeah. um, tournament, which I, I, I don't know why they why they did that. And, you know, it's hopefully the women's game is picking up right where ideally in the next couple of years, you won't know if there will be a, who's, who's going to win. Whereas right at the men's game now, it's game to game. I don't know what's going to happen, um, especially in Six Nations. But yeah, I, I think I, that would have been a game I would like to see in, in this tournament. But I mean, they're in the same pool for World Cup next year. So we'll see it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... But yeah, they, they, they got split into two groups for the Six Nations tournament. So um, they'll be in that same group as Italy and Scotland and then right. um, Ireland, France and Wales in the other group. So, um, and it really depends how it goes over the course of the next month and we'll see who finishes where and and um, see who goes into playoffs and then the final round, etc. cetera. So um, really excited to see where that goes. And um, yeah. All the very best to all the girls out there playing for their for their countries. Um, really excited to see where where it goes. So um, now, what what in your honest opinion is sort of the biggest differences between when obviously when you're playing with Quinns over in England and now now of course you're back here uh, back where you are in Denver. Sorry, um, uh, you know being with Seattle and everything like that. Uh, what do you think the biggest differences are between the two? Hmm. I think, I mean, Seattle rugby is trying to create a similar club environment that the Quins have, you know, we're partnered with the men's team. We have a really good management program. They support us financially. So it's less out of pocket for us. And they're, they're trying to create that everyday atmosphere that we have with Quins, but it's pretty hard to have people train during the day or have gym all together because everyone has their own gym memberships. Right. Um, the, the idea is there for us to be a full-time environment. I don't, I don't know how long it'll take to get there. Um, but I think the, the high skilled environment is there with the games we get in playing in Canada. And maybe that's just because all of the internationals that are kind of in the Vancouver and the Victoria area, um, the Canadian internationals. So I think that's where we get a lot of our development. We only have maybe four or five capped um, Eagles on our team, but we've had an influx of people traveling there in the last, you know, 16, 18 months to, to get the development in. So I'm curious to see um, how our team does in the next, the next season. But I think the, the biggest difference is a full-time environment for sure. It's, it, it's night and day, I think, but it's hard. It, it's really hard to make that a possibility when rugby isn't professionalized in the USA and, and it's not even amateur. It's not like we're getting paid or, um, you know, we're, we're just, we're getting decently high level games and we're creating this umbrella of what professional rugby looks like as a club with Seattle rugby, which is really good. But the full-time environment, I think is what will be really tough for us to meet. And yeah. that's hundred percent the difference that, that I see. Um, I guess the biggest, um, the biggest thing is that obviously the rugby's growing a lot in Denver and many parts of the US as well, because it's good to see a lot of young players uh, from around the country get involved with rugby as much as possible. And then you never know where it might take them uh, in the next oh, yeah. five or 10 years. So 
Yeah, we're seeing a ton of young players coming up, especially in the player pool here, right out of college, even some high schoolers that are coming out that are crazy talented. So it, we have you know, girls playing now starting at the age of five. So in the next World Cup cycle or, or two after that, you know, the, the level of skill that we should see in the women's players should be, you know, way improved from where we're at, you know, just learning out of college, maybe. And some of us, maybe a half dozen of us are getting international experience outside of playing for USA. So the professional environment should be completely changed, especially if we professionalize women in the US. Maybe there are partnerships that happen between women's teams and in the current MLR um, teams that we have here all across the USA. But yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna change immensely from what we saw when we were growing up because it should be available anywhere and everywhere to, to kids, especially youth. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're the next generation. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned oh, yeah. a lot about that. Uh, well, I've heard a lot about it before in the past and I've chatted about it a few, a few times myself as well, but they are the next generation. And, you know, when they get into a sport like rugby, it's, it's a very team environment uh, to be involved with week in and week out. So, um, and very important to be a part of going forward. So, um, and you guys as a group yourselves, you're, you're sort of demonstrating that good, that good example of, of you know, when you play to the highest level and, and, you know, obviously not right now because of COVID, but before a lot you used to sort of go up to the kids, like sign autographs, take photos, that sort of thing. We see it a lot uh, in the women's games and you and many other players and many other teams are doing, doing the right thing there. So, um, but um, yeah, it's looking very exciting overall um, going forward. So, um, yeah, definitely. Now, we we all know as your back row player, we all know as you as, you as a back row player in that mm-hmm. sort of seven or six jersey for Quinns, but uh, back when you're playing for them and obviously with US as well, you mentioned about playing in the second row as well. Um, but what other positions have you played in? Sort of like, I guess, as injury cover, sort of like when an injury occurs on the pitch or you have to step into somebody's shoes for a one game, one-off game or something like that has it ever happened to you before yeah I mean right now I've if they had to they'd probably put me anywhere from four to seven Hmm. I I don't think I've played back row for U.S. since Rob Kane has been uh coach I've always been second row I've been playing four Hmm. so I've gone up in weight since I've been coached (laughs) under Rob Kane because I obviously can't get taller um to kind of you know supplement that a little bit but still back row availability if needed. Hmm. Um, yeah, there was one game I played with Seattle. It might've been 2014, 2015, where like I wasn't needed in the line out offensively, but I was needed in there or I wasn't needed in there defensively, but I was needed in there offensively. So when it was our ball in a certain area, I would go in the line out, but when it wasn't, I would go out and play 13 <laughs> in the line nice. defensively. <laughs> I've had that a couple of times, which is, just a headache (laughs) (laughs) but for the most part I've just been back row second row probably second row the last couple years which I've enjoyed and um but when I started you know I started out at winger and my I think two and a half years of of college I played 10 which I enjoyed because I love to kick yeah um and it's just a, a different experience being that leader in the game um but yeah, yeah, I think right now my, my favorite position, I do love back row and I, I love playing, I love playing six, but 
four is just different type of mentality I've had to get my brain into the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and it's good to see how much I could push my body, especially during scrummaging and, you know, that time under tension and, and see, I don't know how I could put myself against the best of the best second rowers. Again, I'm not going to get taller. So if anything, <laughs> my skill set, you know, just gets better and better or I hope it gets better and better. Yeah. And then I can pee out in the backfield and, and just kind of be a, another back rower out there. That's the yeah. idea. That's what I like about it. Um, I've never played second row at all in my <laughs> rugby uh, career because obviously I'm not tall enough to play in the second row, but mm -hmm. um, I've heard it is one of the most annoying positions to be in because you're right in the middle of that scrum. That's the first thing. You're right in the middle of the scrum. Yeah. You're around uh, seven other players. Um, and, you know, I keep hearing from time to time from a lot of coaches that everybody in that scrum needs to be really tight in order to then mm -hmm. get a good advantage over the other players, the opposition mm -hmm. scrum. So um, I guess that's quite annoying for yourself, obviously. But um, I guess a good thing is about it is that you're always in the game. You're always involved in the game um yeah you're always, you know it's just a different role you're always involved in the game for sure but then I think for me offensively and defensively like I don't have that role anymore of getting that pick off of the scrum or whatever happens mm. I'm staying in there I'm staying engaged to like you said hopefully win the advantage or go forward whatever amount we can create go forward with mm. um but yeah it's just a different role different mindset and I like I don't mind the positioning of my body being impacted with everyone around me. Um, I think it's just, it's a very strong, stable position. Obviously there are weird situations where something collapses or something goes wrong or there's an early um, engagement or something. But for the most part, I, I enjoy it a lot more than I thought I would. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, now we, we got a couple of questions here and then we wanted to finish off some, on some quick fire questions to finish okay. off with, which is always good fun to do. Um, now, obviously we mentioned Gerard, we mentioned Rob. Um, I listened to a podcast with Rob on it and he just seems like the nicest person you could ever experience in your <laughs> life. Um, so obviously he must be a good guy to work with, uh, with the US team. Um, but same with George as well. I mean, they've, they've both got smiles on their faces. They never seem like they're in a scenario or situation where they are always angry or mad or they're not feeling great or, you know, something like that. They've always got a smile on their face. So um, what's it like playing under the two of these guys? Um, it's, it's really inviting. I think people feel like they can express themselves under both of them. Like if they try something new and do something wrong, they're not going to be scolded, you know. Um, there's definitely, to both, to both of them, I mean, we want to make sure we execute. So I think they can always turn it on if they need to, to make sure that we understand, no, this is, this is serious. We're not doing well. But for the most part, they're just super level-headed coaches that are just in it to, to make us better players in the end. And and question us. I feel like both of them kind of question me in the same way to think of the game a little differently. And, and like I said, kind of see space a little differently and not be in this kind of standard or, or shape that I'm used to being, you know, a lot of players in the U S are used to playing off of the playbook. If this happens, do this, if this happens, do this. So 
we don't really create our own IQ, like rugby IQ. Um, if no one tells us what to do, we kind of get lost. So I think both coaches work in a similar way where they kind of don't give us a lot of answers and just let us play and figure it out for ourselves, which yeah. is a struggle for us as players, but it's, it's helps us kind of educate ourselves and learn from our mistakes and ask, ask our own questions. So I think it's been really valuable playing under both of them the last couple of years, for sure. Because, hmm. um, I mean, Rob, Rob especially has been a very experienced coach. Obviously, he's, he's coached a bit, a fair bit in England. Now he's with uh, you guys over in the US as well. Um, but same with Gerard. They've both got great experience under their belts. So um, overall, it must be pretty cool and pretty amazing to be you know, part of a group with these two guys at the helm, so to speak, and uh, uh, leading the brigade. But um, yeah, they just look like very positive people overall, I must say. So, um, but, uh, and the the last question I was going to ask you before we get into the quick fire ones is um, just what has been your favorite memory or favorite game in a US jersey? Because I think you've got about 13 or 14 mm -hmm. caps now, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 13. Um, I think the last tour I did 2019 when we, we had kind of a tough series. I was playing with Quinns. Uh, the team lost pretty bad to New Zealand before I came over. We had a crap game against England where it was hailing. We were playing at, at Allianz Park and we got a red card within the first 10 minutes or something like that. And just got the crap beat out of us. <laughs> um, but then afterwards, we had a really good game against England A, and then we went to Dublin, and we beat Ireland in Dublin. And I think that was one of my one of my first couple eighty minute games in the Ireland game, um, beating and and actually playing and beating Ireland, especially under new coaching, a new playing style, and that was one of my first wins outside of being a newly capped eagle. Um, like at the World Cup, which was amazing, but I was still so new at that environment. So that was my first game, settled into that like the environment and actually getting like a very successful win for us would probably be my my favorite game. And and the crowd was completely full. So it felt like that kind of like, you know, World Cup atmosphere back in Dublin. Um, I think that's my favorite one so far. Awesome, awesome. Um... Now, we've got some quick fire questions here to finish off with. Okay. Um, these have always been super fun. I remember I did these with Megan and uh, a couple of other uh, USA players as well. Um, and it's always turned out to be really good fun. Um, okay. Because it gets the viewers to know you a little bit more with these. So, um, but here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's do it. Um, so if we're speaking as a whole, both with the US and with Quinns, et cetera, um, who is the funniest teammate overall? Uh, I, for everybody? Yeah, let's go with that. Hmm. For everybody, I would probably say, well, because <laughs> I hang out with Alicia so much, I would say Alicia's hilarious. Mm -hmm. For people who who like more of a, a, a direct humor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, what was the last movie that you watched? 
we watched one here called Molly's Game. It's like a gambler movie. It's on Netflix. I found it amazing. Nice. I bet I have to give that a watch myself. I've not seen it. Oh, you should watch it. Yeah. She's pretty much sets up um, like poker games uh, under under the table and gets in trouble. It's 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 a whole thing. Yeah. But it was set up really well. She was a competitive athlete, so it's just like the mindset of her uh, as it goes throughout the movie. Yeah. Nice. Um, what is your favorite type of music to listen to whilst you're in the gym? Nineties R and B. Oh, good choice. Very good choice. <laughs> <laughs> like 90s hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's just that sort of tune that you can just listen to a lot from time to time when you do various yeah. exercises in the gym. So. Oh, yeah. It's just consistent. I don't need to be like crazy hyped up. I don't need techno or like super loud poppy music. I just want something <laughs> that I can jam along with, that I can, that I can vibe with. And, yeah. and I know all the words too. So. <laughs> that's another bonus hey eh? <laughs> um what is your favorite vacation spot my fiance and i went to panama and so far that's my favorite no wait would you would you want to go back there again i would i we've been trying to do different parts of central central america um so like before like the week before i went to seventh camp we were in costa rica um so just trying to do little trips here and there because all of my trips for rugby has been to Europe or the UK. Hmm. So it's nice to go a little, a little south. So I think lately, because that's probably my sunniest trip as of late, whenever I go to the UK, it's the same as Seattle. It's like gray. <laughs> um, that's probably my favorite one. Like, yeah. latest one. Uh, it, it just sums up what type of weather we have in the UK here. Just always gray and dark, cloudy weather every year. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not great, but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, what is your favorite type of food? Currently, I'd probably say Thai food. Oh, you're coming up with some brilliant quest, uh, answers here. I just <laughs> say. <laughs> um, what, what specifically about Thai food? Which, which uh, is like the favorite dish or favorite? Um, um, I've been making, especially when I was abroad last time, I was making really good like peanut, peanut curry sauce. Oh. It was so tasty. Yeah. Almost like pad thai noodle. Oh. But I like just like the spiciness and the umptiousness of it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to replicate it. It's not as good, but that's probably my go-to of, you know, late night if we're not cooking something. Thai yeah. food or Indian food, one or the other. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, now, what is your favorite other sport apart from rugby? Soccer. Has to be. Has to be. Yeah. I have a, like, I wore this Brandy Chastain jersey. She was in the 99 FIFA World Cup. Still fits me. I still have it. Probably my, my biggest, uh, some of my, my biggest idols growing up. So um, obviously one of the sports here for women that will, that is getting more and more professionalized or is professional, but it is meeting that level of professionalism when it comes to money, but hundred percent. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite social media app? Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I deleted Twitter a while ago. I might just delete Facebook soon if it wasn't for Facebook groups to keep up with. Oh, people. did you just did you just say that you deleted Twitter, your Twitter page? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Not Twitter. What was it? Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat. Everyone's like in Snapchat now. Yeah. Um, 
I downloaded like the first week I was here, I downloaded TikTok and I made one video and I sent it to two people, but then I got so anxious of like all the work I had to do to create more videos that I just deleted it. <laughs> the, the reason I said uh, what, uh, you just deleted your Twitter page is because I literally, I think the other day, yeah. I just followed your Twitter page. And I was no, like, no, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I think I meant TikTok, no. <laughs> Because like, oh god, oh, I just followed a uh, account which is not there. <laughs> it's fake. <laughs> yeah. um, but thank goodness that's Instagram not the case. is the only. Yeah, it's the only one I use during quarantine. I really slowed down on social media. You know, it just gets. I think especially lately, it's a lot of it's a lot of work to come up with content and what to post, when to post it. Um, mm. Especially when I like, even I'm not so excited about what I'm posting. I'm just doing it to fulfill the need of social media. So I'm slowly, I think, I don't know how much I'll be involved in it after rugby. I have to be in it because of rugby, but yeah. probably back off and just be a normal human being that doesn't post anything, but just watches everyone else's stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was actually seeing that the other day about how a lot of the, um, the lot of, of like athletes and sports players from around the world might be deleting their social media accounts anyway because of the amount mm -hmm. of abuse that they receive online oh yeah whatever you post there's always someone that thinks something else about it right so yeah and and everything's um that has a political side to it now as well um so yeah i, I could totally see that it's a, it's a lot of hard decisions you know posting some things or and especially usa we have a ton of controversial issues mm -hmm. so i could totally see that people just deleting it well um after we've done this interview, I would love to have you back on, but I would I wouldn't know how to get you back on if you if you uh, are like gonna be eventually. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. If you don't have it, that's when like with Facebook and the groups, there are only certain people. I don't even know how to contact them. Hmm. If they didn't have that, so I think yeah, probably Instagram is the only one I will I will keep, and I'll probably keep Twitter. And those ones will, won't won't die, you know, in the next three to five years. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, uh, night or day? Day. I don't see why anyone would choose night. I don't know. Maybe if you like more cozy times, like to be bundled up or maybe people who, I think as far as like seasons, I'd probably go spring and fall because I don't like to be super warm. Yeah. And I like the kind of crisp mornings when it's sunny outside, but it's still a little cold. Um, yeah, I don't know who to choose night. I'm with you. I don't know. Maybe they just like the stars or they're an astrology. I, I Unless they're um, a night owl, like that sort of person that just likes to just right. be inside their house and just not do any much. <laughs> um, right, exactly. But you can do a lot more during the day compared to night, I guess, in that respect. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I don't know why anyone would choose night over day, but uh, that's, I think that's the first question I've asked in these quick fire questions. It's been a long time since I've asked that question. Really? I think so. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just never, I never even realized that I've asked that question <laughs> too often, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely go for day as well. Oh yeah. Totally. Like you get up first thing in the morning, have your breakfast gang, just get on with the day, I guess. Yeah. And I, I don't want to drink coffee at night. I really love when I, I had this um, thing with UC Santa Barbara, I helped them with like a remote training day. 
And they were like, what do you do outside of rugby? And like, you must do all these things. What's your favorite? I was like, I just love to have coffee in the morning hmm. outside. It's very simple. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. A walk with some coffee. It's, I don't know, just that in the morning is one thing I really enjoy now. I wouldn't like having coffees or or high caffeine drinks just before I go to bed because then I won't be able to sleep otherwise. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you can get into decaffeinated, but hmm. nah. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to the next okay. one. Um, what is at the top of your bucket list? My bucket list? Yes. Um, we We just bought a house on the water. So my bucket list, which doesn't seem like, you know, traveling to this one place or the next is just rebuilding our dream home. Your lovely home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's quite a nice, nice house. I must imagine that you've got. Yeah. It's, it's a little cottage, but we, we really paid for the property. So it's right on the Puget Sound, which is an inlet to the ocean, to the Pacific. So we can see all the boats go by and Oh, nice. We have a little access to pull kayaks out and go on the yeah. water. The most adult thing I've ever purchased. Um, but we want to build it up into like, you know, a, a, a family home or something that isn't a 1950s home, which <laughs> to most people isn't that old. But uh, yeah, that's our near term bucket list, I think. Well, it's, it seems like... Um yourself and Adam have, has chosen a very lovely spot. So um, well done on, on getting to that stage and buying a, buying a nice house with, with a great view as well, you know? Oh, it's amazing. But uh, I mean, again, it's one of those things that weirdly wouldn't have happened without COVID because we're, we're like over an hour, um, which is like a 40 minute ferry from our workspaces. So if we weren't able to be remote, I don't know if we would have done it. So another tiny positive to the pandemic, which is really weird to say and kind of awful to say, but I don't know, bittersweet, I guess. Um, and the last one I was going to ask you was, uh, this is the most important one of, of all, uh, is what would your advice be to someone new to rugby? Oh, I like this one. Mm. To try try every position, every single position. Because I think I, that's what I would love to do. And I didn't know enough about one position or what I liked or what I didn't like to not try the next one. And it helps you learn so much about the game. Just try everything. Yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. Best way to go forward in that respect. So. Right. We, we, unless you have a very specific body type, we all start out as wings. <laughs> <laughs> and then you kind of work your way in. Um, yeah. Yeah. Try everything. That's what someone told me and I didn't understand it until I just, you know, you just kind of move to different positions and see what you like and what you don't like. Um, and then just have fun. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, well, thank you so much for being part of the show, Christine. It's been lovely to have you on. Um, yeah. I hope the the start of your day after this is, is going to be positive and, and uh, good going forward. Uh, but um uh, I hope Adam's doing well and um, very, very best of luck uh, with the US team. And we'll, we'll see where you guys go in the next uh, year or so uh, with the way things go, obviously because of the World Cup uh, being postponed till next year. But mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you guys will be 
keeping yourself as busy as possible um, up to that stage and beyond as well. So, um, but as far as today goes, I really appreciate your time coming on. You've been a great guest to have on as well. So, um, and I would love to catch up with you again soon in the, in the near future, whenever that might be. So um, thank you again, really appreciate it. Oh yeah, like any, any platform that supports and promotes women's rugby, I'm all about it. So whenever you want to have me back on, just let me know and I can help you get other players on. Um, let me know what you need, but thank you for having me and for taking the time out of your day or your, your evening. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you.